This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. And we are back on Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio. We have just a few minutes left. It is now 2.44. We wrap at about 3 o'clock. So, rather than jump into another article, we'll save some of those for future weeks, we thought it might be a good idea to mention current events in line dance and one of the interesting quandaries that has come up, sort of a set of quandaries, um, brought up by a friend of ours in Southern California. He's got a lot of a lot of things going on with his class. He's having difficulty with his Sunday class. And we're not really sure how to solve all of them, so I guess we can kind of open them up as a sort of an open question or open topic to people to think about. Maybe if you have any ideas, you can send us your thoughts on uh, Line Dance Podcast on Facebook. So to cover some of them, he's mentioned, and I'm sure many of you would agree that this has uh, affected you as well, so many dances come out that the feeling that some of them get old is happening more and more rapidly. Sometimes, uh, in his experience, people will learn a dance just because it's the new one and it's the one to learn, the one that you're supposed to learn because it's new. But once they know it, they'll enjoy it for like a month or two and then they want to move on to the next one already. It makes it harder for things like classics to emerge or playing with a dance and like adding flair. It makes it harder to do those things because it's digested and you know excreted before it's really sunk in. Not really sure what to do about that. We've talked about it before in a, an episode where we said, um, how does the profusion of new dances... uh, how do we prevent the profusion of new dances from overwhelming us? So we do cover that topic in a previous episode. Um, And one of the things that, the interesting conflicts that uh, brings up is on the other hand there are fewer dances oh and then there's like another sub-conflict. Okay so one of the other options, not options, um, problems was not everybody wants to learn a super difficult intermediate dance. Sometimes you just want to do a fun improver dance and it seems like there aren't a lot of those um, available. Maybe he just isn't aware of all of them. Maybe I'm not aware of all of them. But um, it's harder to find improver dances that are fun and engaging and not some super difficult thing that, yes, it keeps you engaged, but it takes you 40 minutes to learn it. On the other hand, he also mentioned that it can be hard when you used to be one of six to eight people to know some cool dance. Then everybody learns it. And now you're not so special or cool or rare because everybody else already knows it. How do you balance those? Where you want to have a dance that not a lot of people know because then you feel cool doing it and you have a lot of space on the floor to do it. It doesn't get mobbed. But you also don't want to just do super difficult dances that only a few people know because they're super difficult. How do you do a fun improver dance that isn't also just the next big thing, but you know could become a classic? And how do you also keep everyone from learning it so that not everybody knows it and you still feel special? It's, it's all very complex. A lot going on there. 
I can certainly understand um, the allure of being one of the first to know this really complicated, interesting, intricate, complex dance um, and how you you certainly feel special in that sense because you are one of the first people to know it Mm -hmm. um, or you're one of the first people to bring it into the club or whatever the case may be. It, It certainly is a certain... Um, allure to mm-hmm. that feeling mm-hmm. uh, but for me I would much I would much rather know that people are going to be able to enjoy a dance um, as well as learn one of these more complicated dances or even one of the beginner dances or whatever Um that I happen to really, really enjoy doing because then I will be able to dance it more. Mm-hmm. Um, I will still always have the idea that I was one of the first in my group to know it. I will always have that. Um, but I would much rather be, look at all my friends and I were able to dance this together and share in this together mm-hmm. Um oh, look, we got more people that know it. That's so cool. Like, I love when I go other places and people know some of the more complicated dances that I know or some of the older dances that I know that don't get played anywhere. Um, It's so much fun being able to share that moment with somebody else. And it might be the one that you guys, you know, do every week at your local club or venue that, um, you know, is floor filling, but for whatever reason, because you went to this other place and they don't play that, uh, dance to that track, they do a different dance to that track and you and a couple other people know it and you're off to the side doing it, sharing the floor appropriately. Um, you get that special feeling again, Mm. even though, a hundred people back home are doing it on the same dance floor and it's not as special as it once was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like seeing dances that I really, really enjoy get faded out because nobody da- dances them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would much rather be able to dance them with multiple people than just one or two people. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. I love having floor and that space to really just travel and throw myself into the dances. But, um, I really enjoy sharing it. Mm-hmm. So another one of the issues that came up was the idea that at the time, what he was doing was rare. There were not many people teaching Southern California dances on YouTube. I mean, there were definitely the other channels doing circuit dances, but for people who wanted to learn a dance that was done at one of the clubs in Southern California, there were not a lot of options because those worlds don't always overlap. Now, there are more options. People in his world are more familiar with things like step sheets, and there is more crossover with dances that have been extensively covered in video tutorials and whatnot getting into clubs. So when people want to learn a new dance that's at a club, it's more likely that they can find the resources they need without having to go through him. 
also because the people he was teaching before were mostly his friends and they've all gotten to the point where they don't necessarily need a full lesson to pick up one of these dances there's that sense of not being needed like on the one hand you're happy because they learned so much that they don't need you to hold their hand through the whole process but on the other hand it is nice to feel needed so you know, you've got on the one hand people are not coming to his class or necessarily looking for his videos who would have before because they're sort of beyond that point but at the same time people who are coming to his class and asking for teaches are asking for the next new dance and that puts pressure on him to learn the next new dance and he doesn't have as much freedom to just do what he wants and have his class trust him like this is a good dance to learn or this is a fun dance to learn before his class was more in his hands and now people are getting more competent with their dancing and they know what they want and they're asking him for things that maybe he doesn't feel the most enthused to do but he still is a teacher and it's kind of you know, like you 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 have to balance your responsibility to them with your desire to actually teach the class yes and that can be tricky um, one of the few things that I love about what some of the classes that I've been to uh, with Brenda Chateau is one of my favorite ones was she played two different tracks and she said, which dance did you want to learn? We didn't see the dance. We didn't know who the choreographer was. We didn't know what the names were. We just picked it based on the music. And it was whatever we were feeling that night um, that, you know, like whichever song appealed to the majority of us. And then... You know, like essentially, she got she got around to both of the the dances regardless, but we had no idea what it looked like. We had to trust her. We got a say in the idea of like which music we were going to listen to, because that's how we picked the the song and the dance. But we didn't get to know what the dance is called. She didn't pick the dance for us, um, so we had to we had a little bit of that mystery. And so that kind of gave gave us a little bit of a okay, all right, this is this is new territory, um, but there was that trust as well. Uh, one of the other things is she'll go over a the dance a couple times, um, in the sense of like a couple weeks span, and be like, okay, so how do we feel on this dance? Did we want to keep it? Did we want to chuck it? Did we want to maybe shelve it for a while? What do we want to do with this dance? Um, and so she really gets the majority of the input of the people who attend to know like did they enjoy that lesson would they want more of it or is this really a dance that we don't enjoy and that is regardless of her feelings towards the dance she might love it she might hate it she might be on the fence about it we don't know mm -hmm. because she never really makes that part of her priority in what songs and dances get uh, which stay I mean she'll, she'll really leave it up to the class to do that which is really nice because um, the class feels involved in choosing which ones get to stay and which ones get to played but she's the one who brings the dances to us originally so she's picking hey let's learn this dance and see how we feel about it mm -hmm. um, I know 
with club, we we kind of do something similar. The in, Sonoma State Line Dance Club. Yeah, um, in which we bring you know dances and we we teach them, and then either they request them to go over them again, or they don't. You know, it's mm. it's really if they liked it or not. Um, as much as I may enjoy dancing this dance, they may not. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that there is places I can go in which I just dance that dance. Right. Um, I have found other places to do that. Or if I really, really want to dance that, I've stayed later after a club before and be like, hey, can you play this one track as everybody's packing up? I will dance it myself i don't need anybody else to dance with me it's fine um but i really just want to dance this dance right now mm-hmm. and everybody else is packing up and saying their goodbyes and you know i get to dance that one dance mm-hmm. so there there's options in there that maybe he could Im- apply to his class that may or may not work mm-hmm. and as we've mentioned before there's so many different aspects to line dance and so many roles within it that as your life or your journey in line dance uh, progresses, you may find yourself putting on the various hats of the different roles. Uh, among the obvious ones that you, know, you might think of uh, for like dancers, instructors, and choreographers, and DJs, uh, I also have a list here. I've got event managers, venue managers, so that the difference would be like the people who put on circuit events or just you know local workshops. And you know people who own bars, uh, video instructors like the all the ladies down in Plano, Texas, um, teams, dance teams, people who run dance teams, uh, musicians, people who do specifically like line dance geared music for live performances, webmasters, people who do social media and websites for these line dance uh, interests. One of the things that we would like to do in the future, since we have so many articles we refer to written by other people, we would like to put together a list of ways that you can still contribute to the line dance world without necessarily dancing or teaching or choreographing or doing any of the obvious things. Because we were talking about it last night, and it turns out there are quite a few. There are a lot of things that you can do that are still part of the line dance community and can still showcase your particular skill set and make you feel involved and special and appreciated. And it could be something that's so rare, other people just haven't even considered it because they're all teaching and choreographing or just dancing. Uh, that's something that we, we hope to get out to you in you know, the next week or two as, yeah. we, as we compose this list. What else is exciting for you these days in line dance in our last two minutes? I'm really looking forward to Pike's Peak and Fun in the Sun. Those are coming up quick. They are. I am so excited to catch up with everyone and dance. And I I love traveling. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm actually really excited that we're going um, early to Pike's Peak so that we have some time to actually adjust and like maybe explore and maybe actually get out of the hotel slash event venue area um, and be like real life people <laughs> on uh, vacation as opposed to well we're only going for the dancing why would we leave the dancing mm. um, it's going to be kind of fun to see a new place 
and experience it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've been seeing a lot of uh, on this day on Facebook for Eurodance last year. Oh. Yeah, in the last week or so, a lot of different videos have come up, like Fine By Me by Fred Whitehouse or uh, Harden Up Princess by Simon Ward. Um, it's good seeing those again. Yeah. One big thing I, I did want to mention before we sign off here mm. is um, a huge, huge hug and congratulations to Amy and Darren. Um, I'm, I'm so happy for them and send them all my love and best wishes. They got married yesterday for those out of the loop. That's Amy <laughs> if Glass anybody is out of the loop. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, so much love and uh, can't wait to see you guys soon. Mm-hmm. In fact, the next time... That uh, Megan Barsulia and Christopher Gonzalez, who is myself, um, will see you all who are listening to Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio is probably when we see you on the dance dance floor. floor.